Hi, and welcome to the final episode of the Squadron's Pirate Radio podcast for season one. We have had a ton of fun getting here and listening back to some of the episodes. We are very much looking forward to season two kicking off in the fall. But before we get into our last episode, Scott and I would like to thank all of the guests who have been on our show. They took time out of their day and had a very interesting conversation with us that we hope that you've enjoyed listening to as well. So we'd like to start off by giving a thank you out to Commodore Sean McDermott, Ryan Anderson, Captain Stuart Andrews, India White, Paul Tingley, Aaron Norwood, Dennis Linton, Augustine Ferrario, Peter Wickwire, Judy Robertson, Jeff Kurish, Jane Gillis, John Van Skalkvik, Mike Evans, and lastly, Scott King. Season 1 has 15 episodes available for your listening pleasure on the Anchor Podcast and on Spotify. Yep, we're that cool. We're on Spotify. And we will be back in the fall with a new episode with new characters, thought leaders, athletes, experts, and enthusiasts. If you'd like to be on the show, please don't hesitate to reach out to me, Michaela Sani, by sending me an email to communications at rnsys.com. And now let's get into our chat with Scott King. Welcome to the 15th episode of the Squadron's Pirate Radio podcast. I'm your co-host, Michaela Sani, along with a new co-host today, Commodore Sean McDermott. And joining us as our guest of honor is General Manager Scott King. Scott, welcome to the other side of the table. Thanks so much for having me. This is all very surreal, but I'm very happy to be here. Well, welcome. I understand it's the, well, the 15th podcast. It's also your 15th month at the club, so... Uh... It seems like just yesterday you joined us, and uh, and here it is all this time. Does it seem like it's blown by as quickly as it did to me? It's a combination, actually. It's It feels like it's blown by, but, um, I mean, there's obviously um, been some busy times through the middle there. So, um, But no, I'm, I'm having an absolutely great time, continue um, to enjoy turning up to work every day, um, facing our new challenges and helping the club as best I can. Um, I also, it's, it's funny, you know, I, I sort of can't quite recall life before I joined the squadron, which, which is always a good sign for me. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, you just celebrated a birthday yesterday, is that correct? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Uh, 40-something, um, sort of closer to 50 than 40 now, which is always a bit concerning. Um, and, yeah, just out, out here camping with the family and some friends um, at the Yogi Bear Campground in Kingston. So roughing it a little bit, but it's uh, it's good, good times, really enjoying it. Perfect. Uh, so did you get breakfast in bed with the bugs and the wet dog or? <laughs> Not quite. No, for- fortunately, uh, it's, the weather's been fantastic. It was supposed to rain for three days. So I was a bit nervous about the family with a wet dog in a tent, but um, no, it's been great. So no, I can't complain. No, I can only the Canadians, imagine. The Canadians have been complaining about how hot and sunny it is, which, is, uh, which I always find quite funny. Yeah, we just like to complain. That's just the way that works. But uh, I might be speaking for myself in this case. Um, so, Scott, you're from Sydney, Australia, uh, and home to some of the most iconic scenery on the planet. I've been there a number of times. Incredible beaches. There's only two months of the year when you don't really sail, and that's only because you're tired of sailing because you've sailed the other 10 months. What the hell are you doing here in Nova Scotia? Uh, well, I just I don't know. I on the wrong plane. No, no. I've been here for a while. My wife uh, grew up in Colby Village. All her family is still here. Um, uh, she has a um, she has a dad down uh, East River Way. Mum is in Bedford. Brothers, one brother in Dartmouth, and one in Fall River. Um, 
Karen uh, left home um, after university. She went to UNB. Uh, she bounced around a little bit, a bit of a nomad herself. Um, and she ended up in Australia and we, we met. And uh, so I've been coming here probably since um, 2006, I'd say. Um, so I think I came here twice and then uh, we got married here at the Saraguay, remarkably, um, and in 2011. So I've, I feel like I've, I've been on the team for a while now. Um, and, you know, we, 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 had a, we had a holiday booked in 2017 and it was in July. And at that time, um, you know, I was uh, on a plane every sort of, well, at least every two weeks, if not every week. Um, Karen was in was in another job, which was demanding a lot of our time, and we just sort of decided that we should. And we had been talking about coming and spending some time in Canada. Um, you know, her folks aren't getting any younger, um, and she had been away for a long time, so we wanted to give Ethan, our son, you know, a taste of uh, of Canada as well. So we just flipped the flipped into a move in about five weeks. Just took a bit of a leap of faith, sold everything, uh, wow. <laughs> packed everything up in suitcases, and um, and landed. And uh, yeah, we we haven't looked back. We're we're very happy. That's great. Uh, so uh, I know Karen and Ethan are, are a great support team for you because you do work long hours. Um, are they sailors, boaters? No. So uh, um, Ethan absolutely loved his experience last year. So um, uh, he did a, um, a couple of weeks of wet feet last year and uh, that made such an impression on him. And I can really understand having spoken to a number of the guests on the show about, um, you know, how that instant connection with, uh, with sailing can happen at a very early age. Um, Last year we tried to you know mix it up with camps, but this year all he really wanted to do was sail, which is uh, which is fantastic. Um, I mean, I didn't. Karen's definitely not a sailor. <laughs> Karen gets sick even looking at a boat. Um, <laughs> uh, I spent a bit of time um, when I was a kid sailing. Just a few years there. Scouts, which I think you have a similar thing here, but I did Cubs, and then um, you could either do regular Scouts or Sea Scouts. Because um, I grew up in a in a suburb called Northbridge, which is which is uh, in an area called Middle Harbour in um, uh, or the Lower North Shore in uh, in Sydney. Um, now the the harbour in Sydney is it's not like a like a Bedford Basin. It's not like a round um, body of water. It's it's um, quite narrow in parts, but it has lots of um, tributaries that run off to the left and right of it. Um, and we're one of those. Um, very idyllic spot. And uh, so we used to sail lasers and little down in Middle Harbour. Um, but then rugby and rowing for me were the sports that I did, um, growing up. So I, I didn't, I don't pretend to be a sailor. As I say to people, I've sailed, but I'm not a sailor. Um, I did a bit of, uh-huh. I did a bit of beer can racing, um, through the, through the, um, the early mid twenties. I had a couple of friends that had boats at the Royal Sydney Yacht Squadron, which is not that far away from where I grew up and, and where I went to school. Um, so I've, I've, I've certainly, obviously as a, as a kid growing up in Australia, you, you certainly spend a lot of time in and around the water, whether it's the beach or the ocean or, um, or lakes or anything else. Yeah. You know, it's a very, it's a very big part of the Australian lifestyle. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, uh, during the Sydney Hobart race, uh, there's up to 2,500 spectators, uh, sitting there watching the boats, uh, uh, get, uh, get out through Sydney heads. It's uh, pretty amazing to see most of them are, uh, pissed as newts and, uh, and <laughs> just happy to be out there with, uh, barbecues and gasoline very close by. It's, uh, yeah, it's quite the experience to see that, but yeah, Sydney is a gorgeous place to grow up. Uh, I'm sure. Um, uh, this is not body shaming, of course. Uh, you mentioned rugby. I get that completely. Uh, cause I know you, but the fitting on a laser, I'm just wondering, was this when you're, 
Younger? Yeah, much younger. <laughs> much, much younger. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where I sprouted. It was probably in my you know, mid-teens. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, rugby obviously is, you know, a lot of big bodies. It's a, um, it's a very inclusive sport, you know, it's a lot like sailing in many respects. It's, there's a, there's a place for everybody. You could be, you know, short and, and, and stocky. You could be tall and wiry. You could be, you know, fast and slow. And there's really a spot on the field for everybody. Um, and we certainly, there's a, there's that competitive element, but there's also a very strong camaraderie element to the game as well. Which obviously sailing has as well. So the so the two sports, even though they're extreme, I mean, they couldn't be any more different um, as two acts. Um, but the culture of the two are very very similar. Yeah, and no, I can see that uh, rugby has that bullying element to it. And every now and then on the race course, you run into a few of those folks. They're probably rugby players. I'm thinking. Probably, <laughs> probably, maybe not so much. Uh, sorry. Yeah. So, uh, so in terms of work history back in Australia, where do you come from uh, in terms of industry type? Uh, well, um, hospitality is, is my, is my background. I, I, um, I started, uh, I cut my teeth in a, in a local pub family owned um, business um, out of school. And I did that. I mean, it's, <laughs> I spent sort of six months or so cleaning ashtrays, which now is just, you can't even imagine that, but I would walk around with a bucket and just literally scoop out ashtrays and clean them. Um, uh, and then that was back in the, you know, in the days when you go home and you just smell of smoke the whole time, which seems like a whole world away now. Um, so I did that and then bartended and did cellar and different bits and pieces. I, I did a business degree. Um, I didn't sort of know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, so business is my dad coached me into that because it was a good general degree, like commerce and economics and, you know, has a, has a broad range of applications. So, so I did that. Um, and then went and got a proper job, you know, quote unquote, um, working, working uh, in an office, doing sales, working for the Reuters Group, which is a news, global news company. Um, and they did a lot of their business. This is all pre the internet, obviously, um, uh, with yeah. online um, news content. So I did that for a while. Just go to the Silicon Valley, uh, which was an amazing experience for a young IT salesman. Um, burst, that was like 2000. Before nine eleven, really, because at that point everything was all chair.com and bike.com and all of that, and then all these venture capitalists realised that a lot of these business models just weren't going to stand up on their own. Um, so San yeah. Francisco, San Francisco changed like literally overnight. Um, it was a huge you know, economic shift um, in that town. So I came home, um, and again just needed to reset a little bit, and um, got back in the hospitality. The, the family that I had worked for all those years ago, their sons had gone on to take the family business and move it forward. So um, I took a I took a, a casual job with them, that led to a full time management position, and then I was off and running back in hospitality. So, hospitality, much like wow. much like sailing and rugby, you know, it's, it, it has a very strong culture about it. Um, it's a lot about working hard and playing hard, um, and it's also you know a lot of your offcuts. You know, a lot of people who don't really know what they want to do, people like me, who fall into um, into hospitality and tend to sort of you know stay and really find similar a lot of people with a lot in common. And so I worked for a whole range of different groups um, and then worked my way up through group operational roles, national roles um, until I, uh, until I arrived here. So I guess that's my, that's my elevator pitch. Yeah. No, very good. So you just kind of packed up in your five weeks and uh, moved here and started to uh, reset your life, I guess. Yeah. Is one way of looking at yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I took a couple of, um, well, a, a contracting role when I got here and then I saw the, um, saw the ad for the squadron and, and, uh, 
Yeah. So speaking of that, of course, uh, I, I know this story. I was uh, part of the uh, uh, part of the team that uh, that hired you, and uh, glad to have you, by the way. Thanks. And uh, <laughs> during the interview process, we got to talk to some really uh, incredible candidates, like yourself. And uh, one of the stories you told us, well, you didn't tell us actually. We had to weed it out of you, but uh, we were able to connect the dots. I think you know what I'm talking about. Uh, your little sleuthing around the squadron. Can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about that? Yeah, when I first met well, you. Well, I'd like to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess Michaela can tell it from her perspective, but. No, I always, always like to do a bit of recon, you know, certainly, um, you know, you, you like to, to have, uh, to have something that makes you stand out a little bit, you know, some, and certainly coming in and sneaking, well, I didn't sneak in, really, I just walked in the front door, um, <laughs> to, to come in and have lunch. And I got you know, accosted by Helen, um, obviously, you know, I wasn't a member. Um, and then, uh, so I was, just, I was actually just looking to have lunch. I'm, you know, I've just moved here and from Australia, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, next thing I know, she whisked me upstairs into Michaela's office and I'm sitting opposite Michaela and Michaela's giving me the membership pitch. Um, I can't remember. Like, Mick, was I, was I playing hard to get or was I, was I lying through my face? What, what, was I, what was I saying? Well, I just remember thinking, he's come all this way. He seems like he wants to know about membership, but I don't know if he's going to sign on the dotted line today. And then I kept thinking about it afterwards. A few days went by and I thought, man, I should really reach out to that guy. Like I never heard from him and I didn't. And I regret it because then you became my boss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, he's holding that over. You, I I'm know. Sure. So, no, no, it was, it was great. I was very impressed. I must say. Um, and then, and then I came back downstairs and then um, they let me know that, that, um, that I could, I could go, you know, stay for lunch. Um, and then I bumped into um, obviously the round table there. So there was, I, I ended up having lunch with Captain Andrews and George Chisholm and Commodore Westrop, I think was there as well. Um, and then, uh, so that was my introduction. I just had a, had a nice meal with the three of them. And, and um, at that, at that point, I think it was um, Mr. Chisholm turned around and, and when they asked me what I do for a living and I said hospitality and they all kind of looked at each other. And then they said, um, <laughs> you do know that we're looking for a general manager, don't you? And I said, I had heard that. I had heard that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I'd already been, I think I'd already been for like two interviews by that point. But no, it was, it was a bit, it yeah. was a bit sneaky. But you know, it's, I always like to sort of get in there and see, um, see the business or a company from from the inside, and you know, get a bit of uh, extra intelligence. So no, I was glad I did that. Well, clearly so, we need to get a question on you because you decided to to take us up on the offer. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I didn't have to think too hard about it. Well, you probably saw something to work with as well. Uh, you know, obviously we had challenges, uh, challenges back then, uh, having not had a manager for three yeah. months, and uh, it was it was a good time to to jump in. So, what was your initial impression of uh, of our squadron? Oh, I mean, just um, just the character of the place. I mean, you can feel there's a there's presence, there's a presence um, about the about the club um, that. You you uh, you can feel it, you know, just the just the history of the building, you know, um, and I mean, obviously, having spent so much time around around Royal Sydney as an example, Royal Sydney Yacht Squadron, which is a, which is a different building, but again, there's the there's the history. So, you know, I'm I'm definitely a traditionalist at heart. You know, I I, I certainly you know absolutely respect um, a club like ours, um, the longevity and and the um, to community and and to uh, to the endeavour that is sailing. Um, and certainly since I've, 
since I've spent more time um, in and around the club and talking to people, especially doing the podcast series as well. I mean, you, you know, coming across, you know, your Peter Wickwires, your, your, your Dennis Linton's, your Judy Robertson's, like all these sorts of people, um, you know, it's, it's been, and, and yourself, Commodore, of course. Um, of course, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, no, it's, it's, it's fantastic. You know, there's a, there's a really, there's a very good, good feel around the club um, and a lot of potential. Um, and I think just at this, at this point in our, in our life cycle, you know, it's, it's um, coming through some challenges, but, you know, there were some real opportunities that I don't think we've even really scratched the surface yet. So, so, um, so yeah, no, I, that was that was my first impression, and certainly, um, you know, that hasn't changed. Perfect. Yeah, we like that. I uh, I prepared a, a series of questions. I'm just going to rifle through some. This, these are really lightning, short snaps. Lightning round like. questions. The lightning, lightning round. round. All yes. right. Can I? Yes. Now. No. no. Okay. <laughs> Now you can you can text me if you want, but I'm not going to tell you the answer. So okay. let's just work through a few of these. It might give people right. a, a sense of uh, more about you. All so right. uh, obviously you're you're going to know the answer to this because I do. But uh, who is your hero? Who is my hero? Um, there was a a rugby player in um, in in Australia who played for the Wallabies for a long a long time, and his name was Sam Scott Young, and he was just such an abrasive. Um, character um, on the field and um, he never took a backward step um, and he was someone who I always looked up to when I was a kid. Ah, very cool. Uh, more rugby stuff. Maybe we should, uh, that should be one of the games we have in the back lot. We could talk to India about that. <laughs> Maybe. I could, I could use a punch in the face every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a reason I, All right, next there's up. A reason I don't look so handsome and that's, uh, that's many, many years of rugby. <laughs> Okay, we'll stick with that. Um, if you could live anywhere, where would it be? Oh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, of course. Ah, oh, perfect. There, <laughs> see, now you're following in here. This uh, I understand you like bugs and you're getting rained on. You have a wet dog and, and yes. uh, your family's uh, putting up with you. But your favorite family vacation, would that be hanging out with Yogi Bear and Boo Boo down in uh, Yellowstone <laughs> uh, Park? Well, yeah, um, not without its merits, but, um, but Karen and before we left um and that was an amazing experience um we 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 stayed in a resort um off the beaten track it took about half an hour of driving through you know rural coastal areas and small towns to get to um the intercontinental there and, and it was just a phenomenal experience um uh, and ethan it made a huge impact on him um and yes yeah, so I, th I think that was easily our favorite family vacation yet yeah very good uh what's your favorite thing about managing the squadron Everything about managing the squadron. Um, sorry, the reason why I'm thinking about this is because there's so many. Working um, with us, no, maybe? No, ab ab absolutely. Yeah, great Commodore. Yeah, Commodore. Communications Commodore manager. especially, mm -hmm. yes. No, I just, um, just making a difference. Like really, that's what, that's what um, I'm enjoying the most. I feel, I feel like I can, I can make a difference. So, so that's, that's um, as generic an answer as I can give, but that's really what it is. It's it's um, it's being able to be involved and to take to help guide. You know, um, you know, if, if I might give an immodest answer, um, uh, help guide the club. You know, in uh, forward. You know, in a confident new direction. You know, and really, really believe in ourselves. You know, that yeah. that, that to me is what I'm enjoying the most. Oh, perfect. Yes, we already seen some of the changes you brought and where we're going. And of course, then we had a pandemic in the middle of this stuff, but. Uh... I think, you know, I can safely say we've uh, 
and, and mostly you have navigated through this period very well. So, uh, so thank you for oh, that. Any complaints about your job? Uh, office view? I mean, I know it overlooks the arm. That's got to be tough. <laughs> I, I really, I, I don't have any complaints to be honest. Um, I really don't. And that's not a sales pitch either. You know, um, I've had, yeah. I've had a lot of different jobs, as I said, you know, with a lot of different challenges and, and, you know, I really, I really don't have any complaints, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm comfortable and, and, uh, and very happy. So no, I, I can't think of one. Okay, perfect. Uh, well, I, this question, I, I think I know the answer is probably rugby, but favorite game or sport to watch and play. Is it rugby? Do you still follow? Oh yeah. I, I mean, I can't play it anymore. I'm, I'm an old man now, but, um, but no, it's certainly, it's certainly, um, yeah, my number one um, sport. Um, I'm a very frustrated Australian rugby supporter, though. We, we haven't gone very well in recent times. Um, there's a whole range of reasons for that. Um, but hopefully, we have a new coach this year, so he can, and he's a Kiwi. It comes to rugby, yeah. so no, definitely rugby. I mean, I've, I've, I've grown, I've grown an appreciation for hockey um, since I've been here, um, but, but rugby's still, uh, still number one. Yeah, perfect. Uh, what would you rather do? Wash dishes, mow the lawn, clean the bathroom, or vacuum the house? You get to pick one. These are brilliant <laughs> questions. I love this. Mow the, mow the lawn. No contest. No contest. Mow the lawn. Do you have a tiny lawn? Is it a whippersnipper-sized lawn? No, no, it's a half-decent lawn. We, okay. we, we, settled, we settled over in West Bedford, and, and one of the things that we wanted was a, was a decent lot. You know, a, a lot of those new developments are all very boxed in and strip back lawns and so forth. And we wanted to have a bit of space. Obviously now we have a dog and we have an eight year old, soon to be eight year old. Um, so we've got, no, we've got a decent lawn. Um, and uh, so yeah, mowing the lawn definitely out of those. Oh, perfect. Well, in a similar vein then. So if you could hire somebody to help you at home, would it be with cleaning, cooking or yard work? Cleaning. That's <laughs> uh, all starting to fall into place now. Perfect. <laughs> if you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh, um, squadron burger, squadron burger, squadron <laughs> burger. Oh, sorry. Hebridy Haddock. Hebridy <laughs> Haddock. Haddock. Uh, oh, I, think, I don't know. There's just, I'm, I'm foodie. So there's just, there's just so many there, but, um, but the one thing I do, one thing I do miss from, from home are just seriously good dump. Uh, yum char okay. as we call it, or dim sum. Fortunately, yes. the, the, the quality of, of really good authentic Cantonese food is um is a bit lacking here, but certainly blessed when it comes to, to quality of Asian food. Um primarily uh um but also a lot of Vietnamese, you know, a lot of that southeastern um Asian food are able to blend um, you know, sweet, salty, spicy and sour together yeah. just to create just a knockout, you know, flavor um experience. So probably probably that. Probably that. Yeah, okay. Well, you can get uh, talk to Chef Wayne there and see what he can sort you out with <laughs> in terms of dumplings. Uh, I'm a big fan of dim sum, and I, I agree with you. The, the last time I had decent dim sum was uh, probably Ottawa 10 years ago. So Yeah. I'm, Bigger cities, I guess. I found, um, I think it's called, uh, there's a Cantonese bakery downtown, I think. Um, and they do do some pretty, I found, we found them. They're, they're pretty good authentic dumplings. But apart from that, the, it's slim pickings. Yeah, very good. So, uh, have you ever had a nickname? And if you have, what is it? <laughs> well, the, <laughs> the thing is, in uh, in Australia, you just if you have a single, if you have a single, um, uh, like surname, like Brown or 
Smith or King. Uh, people just add a Y on the end of it. So you're Smithy or Brownie or, or, or Kingy. So you, I just get Kingy a lot. Um, if you have two syllables, you just cut it in half and, and, and add an O. So if you were Thompson, you'd be Tomo, as an example. Uh, you, Sean, you'd be, uh, yes, you'd, you'd be Macca, probably. Macca? Macca, yeah. You would get Macca a lot because you're McDermott. Be, I'd be Macca. Michaela would be Micah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can see where this is going. Something like that. <laughs> I, didn't really have, I, didn't, I didn't really manage a nickname that really stuck. Um, but a lot of Kingy, um, and oh, um, I got called Chobber at some point when I was younger in my, you know, seven, eight, nine, uh, I can't explain why, but, um, I did get that a bit, um, until I got, until I got a bit too big for people to call me that. And then I started sort of, you know, getting to the first people stopped calling. Ah, perfect. Yeah. I think Kingy's not a bad one. You know, it's good to be King and all that stuff. Well, it's it's a bit it's a bit boring, but it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, so I'll I'll say that you probably dislike surprises. That was another question. Surprises, I do like surprises. Uh, my wife Karen hates surprises, and she's almost impossible to surprise because she's too clever. So, uh. so I'll try and be sneaky and try and sort of uh, find a gift for her, and she'll always work it out. She always works it out. I don't know how she does it, but she manages it. Um, but no, I like surprises. I do. All right. If you were going to vacation and uh, you had two choices, Hawaii or Alaska, which one would it be? No, Hawaii. I would, I love, I love the, I mean, I went to Hawaii a very long time ago, but it was just sort of um, going through to the States. We were there for a day or two. Um, but I would love to explore more of Hawaii. Um, I mean, obviously the, the tropical island, um, you know, oasis certainly suits us. Like I said, Fiji was a, a fantastic trip. Um, but you know, just having your feet in the you know in the sand, you know, with a with a cold drink, you know, um, certainly suits me. And I think uh, um, Hawaiian food would also be. I, I can't see that being bad. I think that would be. But I have this vision. I don't know. Uh, it's well, Hawaiian pizza. Oh yeah. Well, well I'll <laughs> that's wrong. That. Yeah, and no, I'll forgive. I, I don't think that was their idea though. That sounds like. Ugh. That sounds pineapple like and did. lumps of ham. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Although in Australia we have pineapple on hamburgers, and beetroot. Yeah, I've seen that. And sometimes an egg. Yep, yep, we do that. In fact, a, a burger, a burger with the lot in Australia would be would be egg, um, a slice of canned beetroot, and uh, pineapple. Yeah, all on a burger together. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it either. Aussie cuisine. But no, I just, yeah, no. Anywhere. I mean, I would like to go to Alaska. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, and certainly in this part of the world, you know, there's a lot of places I haven't seen. Um, and I mean, anybody that anybody that grew up here has got no excuse for not seeing more of the world. Absolutely. Um, certainly, you know, I mean, you've got the whole of Europe is literally like, you know, six hours away. It probably it's probably closer than Vancouver um, or maybe not. No, no, it, <laughs> it is wouldn't be far off. <laughs> wouldn't be far off. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously, as an Australian, we, we, we tend to travel a lot. You know, you can pretty much go anywhere on the planet and find an Australian. Um, I think that's that's partly like an adventurous quality that we have but also because we're so far away from everywhere that, that you just want to get somewhere else yeah. um, well aussies are quite you know, famous for the gap year taking off and traveling around yeah. the world for a year in my travels yeah. i've run into them uh probably the the greatest nationality you've run into uh, in numbers is uh, australians travel and new zealanders too but we don't talk about those and kiwis yeah <laughs> oh no we do we do we love what? the kiwis <laughs> um Michaela's mum's of a kiwi. Oh, yeah, I'm part um, ooh, kiwi okay. commodore. No way, I didn't know that. 
Oh, very good. Well, and that's good. That explains some of the sailing heritage because uh, for such a tiny place, they, they produce some of the world's finest sailors. I mean, in addition to Novi, of course, but. Uh... Oh, they, I mean, they, they produce for such a, a small country, they produce an enormous array of, um, of international sportsmen and women across all sports. Yeah. I mean, they've got, it's like the population of Toronto is like 5 million people or Sydney, for example. Yep. Um, and they, you know, they've got the world's best rugby team. They've got you know gold medals everywhere for, in, in the Olympics, and certainly sailing. Yeah, so absolutely, hundred percent. But I mean, as you said before, Commodore, I mean, we're very sport because you can literally sail twelve months of the year. It's not like yeah. you've you've got any challenges there. Um, yeah, yeah. If we want to do that, we have to move down to Miami, and that has its own challenges. But anyhow, <laughs> yeah, won't get cold. at the moment. At the moment, certainly. <laughs> well, you just so mentioned um, travel. But, Who wants to climb into an airplane right now? Not me. Not me. Yeah, no. No thanks. Yeah, well, no, thanks. But um, so I was just going to say with the uh, with the travel piece around, around Hawaii, I mean, people ask me if I miss anything from back home, and as I said, you know, really good um, Cantonese food is one. Uh, a warm ocean, you know, is is probably the, the only other thing, you know. So certainly the 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 ocean around in this part of the world is obviously quite quite cool. Um, but I certainly miss being able to put my body in the ocean on a regular basis. Yeah, and not get and not get hypothermia at the same time. Well, at least here it may be cool. Northumberland Strait's pretty good, low twenties. Uh, that's pretty good, and there's not a lot of things in the water that want to kill you. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> two. Okay, so two quick segue stories. <laughs> so the first one is, um, I went to Oakfield Provincial Park uh, Sunday before last with the family, and and uh, my father-in-law has a boat, and we took the kids out tubing and so forth. It was a great day, and as I was wading out in the water um, up to my waist in in, uh, in water to get to the boat. Um, I turned to my brother-in-law and, and, and I said, that, I said that exact thing. I said, you know, the one thing, Brian, that I'm enjoying about this, he said, what's that? I said, I can confidently walk out in the water knowing I'm not going to tread on anything that's going to kill me. <laughs> and he, and he, he laughed. Um, cause it's true. I mean, it's, I mean, we, we certainly over index when it comes for, for things that'll, um, that'll kill you. So, oh yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. Uh, yep. But you know, people still swim in the beaches without the shark nets and stuff and, uh, tourists don't. Oh, it's all. Well, I keep coming up with segues. Oh, quickly, so my family, uh, Karen's family, sorry, has uh, has a cottage in PEI. So we we uh, we're very fortunate there. Her grandmother picked up some some beach frontage, you know, a long time ago, um, and uh, I spent a bit of time in that in that water. And yeah, I mean, it's different every day. It's like you know, but but it's certainly certainly um, as close to warm water as we can get. Um, absolutely. Yeah, I, I like to swim too, but it's only if I fall out of a boat. So that's that's my motivation. <laughs> well, when Michaela Michaela came to me once, and she oh no, she, she might kill me for saying this. And she she came to me once, and she said, um, Scott, um, this is last summer. She said, Scott, um, have you read the news? And I said, What's that? And she said, There's a shark. The the, the shark, the great white shark that they've that they've they had tagged last year. And I'm Did like, she yep. think you knew what his name was or what? <laughs> no, she's like, Well, shouldn't we do something? I'm like, What? There's that's just the one that we know about. Like, what about all the sharks we don't know about? Yeah. And I said, we can't, like, what are we going to do? At least we know where that one is. <laughs> <You know>? like, <laughs> no, but yeah. for, us, for, us, for us, it's just, um, it's just part of growing up. I mean, they're, they're, they're in the ocean. You know, you yeah. can't do anything about it. Yeah, all around the yacht clubs, those nasty bull sharks, they're, uh, they're no fun either. Yeah. Yeah, I expected you to rugby the shark and you didn't. So I was a little bit disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair enough. That's fair I mean, enough. You don't, I mean it, it's not like, it's not like you see them on a regular basis, you know, I mean, they're, they're not, you know, 
Australians will lead, lead you to, to believe and see um, other people as well that the place, like you walk into a house and it's crawling with snakes. I mean, it's not, it's not the case, you know. I mean, I've spent 40 years there and, you know, I've probably seen only a handful of things that would, that would kill me. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a lot of that at all here in Nova Scotia, so even a handful's too much. Yeah. 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 Well, Ethan, uh, Ethan cracked me up the other day. He said, uh, dad, dad. He, I said, what? I said, come here. I said, what? He said, it's a spider. And I, <laughs> I walked up to it, looked at it. I said, oh, isn't he cute? Like, look at that. Look at that little guy. <laughs> That's no spider. <laughs> That's not. Anyway. Ah, very good. Oh my God. Yeah. So, uh, what's the most daring thing you've ever done? What's the most Just daring? The what's the most daring thing I've ever done? Um, Goodness Maybe me. it's poked that Canadian spider. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> oh, um, what's my daring thing I've ever done? That's really got me. Um, I probably, um, oh, a long time ago, um, I was, uh, when I was living in San Francisco and we went to Lake Tahoe and I went with some skiers and much like my sailing career, I'm not a, I'm, I've skied, but I'm not a skier. Um, and they took me and they, um, asked me to go heli skiing with them. And I said, yes. Ah. And that was, that was a very long ride down. <laughs> I literally, <laughs> I literally just tumbled, you know, I saw a tea kettle the whole way down that hill. And I can't believe I didn't, I didn't break something. So I, there's lots of others, but that's, that's the one that popped into my brain. Yeah. Okay. No, that's a pretty good one. I, yeah. Heli skiing. Yeah. They take up some scary spots. Oh, I could just, uh, I, mean, I could tell, I could tell I was completely out of my depth and that this was going to hurt. I just, I was, as we were arriving, I was just, I can't believe I'm actually doing this. Uh, but anyway, I made it. All right. Well, let's get back to the desert island stuff. You're talking about Hawaii. I know there's a leper colony there and, and it's not that deserted. Uh, but if you ended up on a deserted island, what three items would you take with you? Oh, um, three items. Well, um, apart from my wife and, and son. Oh, very political. Very good. Probably those two. Um, uh, and, um, and, uh, oh, gee, the what dog. else would be? The dog could be the third one. Dog can't go. Well, well, <laughs> well maybe. Maybe the dogs dog. love she, islands. Well, yeah. But I'm just, I'm just thinking there might be something for us to do. I would well, probably see, I'm thinking you take, you take your cell phone with you and then you'd be sitting there with no service. So <laughs> that wouldn't work out so well. No, no. It Likewise, not, your computer. No, it wouldn't. Um, well, just and uh, and um, some photos. I could probably make. You know, we could make everything else, food and water, and all. I'm assuming we could sort all that out. Yeah. Um, but maybe some some mementos, some keepsakes, like a, a, a box of those. I think. Oh, you decorate your hut. Yeah, it'd be nice. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, very good. Do you uh, collect anything like stamps or coins or? Not really, actually. I'm not really a collector. I mean, I, I collect music. That's probably the one thing. Uh, um, and obviously now it's it's far too easy. But you know, I'm certainly old enough to um, to you know have spent you know countless hours and, and time you know collecting and, and amassing CDs and and um, you know you have to curate your 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 music collection. Obviously now it's I mean it's it's way too easy now with you know, Spotify and everything else. I mean all that's gone out the window. But I certainly spent I spent many years curating a, um, a music collection, so um, oh, yeah. that's probably that's probably the one thing. Um, we, when you actually go to a record store and you actually you, know, you actually physically pick something up and you know you have to go looking for it, or 
to get introduced to new music. That's that was the only way you had to do it. Was you go into a record store and you start listening to things, or you go to people's houses and listen. But I mean, now it's obviously far too easy. Um, oh, so yeah, I probably have, I have a phenomenal eight track collection. <laughs> <laughs> and you're laughing because you actually know what that is. So I know I how do. old you are now. No, I'm, I'm I'm old enough to know what it is, but I'm young enough to have not, never seen one in action. Yeah, there's no uh, giggle out of Michaela at all. So she's sitting there going, "What's an eight track?" <laughs> well, I'm googling. I was, um, well, <laughs> oh, that's sad. <laughs> a couple of yeah, I, I was working for a, for a hospitality group in um, in Sydney, and uh, this was uh, I'll say five six years ago, maybe. And I was sitting in, in the in the office in one of their one of their venues, and there was a couple of junior staff who were in there, millennials. I'll use that word. And the fax machine went off in the corner, and they looked at each other and looked at me like it was an alarm. They had no idea what it was. <laughs> they had no idea what it was. Yeah, one of the dumbest devices ever made. But anyhow, they were uh, everywhere at one time or other for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I, mm. Sorry. So we're talking about music. So what song would you say best sums you up? Um, I, when I when I read this, I was sitting there going, "Geez, I'm trying to think of one for myself here." Uh, it's it's a tricky question. Uh, do you have such a thing? Is there a song that sums you up? Is there a song that sums me up? Yeah. What was yours? Did you come up? Oh, I was thinking "Eye of the Tiger." Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I was running up and down the front steps of the house, uh, doing the Rocky pose, and all oiled up. Yeah. It's it quite. I, the, I, I thought it'd be like a Commodore's. I thought it'd be like a Commodore's song or something like that. No? Oh, I can't imagine that's good. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> um, I can't imagine. I, 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 I can't think of one. I really can't. That's a really tricky question. All right. Um, but you said Commodore's song, I think, is Sailing by, uh, what's his name? Sailing, blah, 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 blah. You know, that's kind of <laughs> laid back and lame. Is that Chris, is that Chris Cross? No, Chris, 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 Chris. You're right. Chris, Christopher, Christopher Cross. Christopher Cross. Mr. Kratt. Yeah, I don't know. Christopher yeah, Cross. it's probably that. I mean, there's probably not enough rum in the world to make that uh, sound any better, but uh, <laughs> you could always give it a shot one of these times. Yeah. Anyhow, you still didn't answer the question. No, I'll let no, you I didn't. So you can think about that. Tell me next time I see you. I was trying to get you talking so I could think about it, but I, I failed. Yeah, I figured that. <laughs> How about uh, what celebrity would you like to meet at Starbucks for a cup of coffee? And you don't have to say me. I'm all right with that. Or Michaela. <laughs> What celebrity? Um, what celebrity would I meet? Um, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. No. Oh, yeah. That, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> well, no, get people um, talking. I mean, like, you know, someone like Barack Obama, I could really, I could, I could have a long conversation Ooh, with him. I think, I think that would be particularly interesting. Um, you know, that'd probably be, be one. Yeah, I'll go with him. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I was thinking that Spider-Man thing would be awkward because he could never put his cup of coffee down. He'd be stuck to it, and that's not going to be good, I think. That's just where my head went with this one. What's the most interesting thing you can see out of your office window? Uh, And you can't say Wayne. He's interesting, but you can't say Wayne. It's got to be somebody else or something Um, else. um, Most interesting thing out my office window. Um, White Sharks? No, I think no, I think it's the flagpole. To be honest, especially through, <laughs> especially through, because it's right there, it's right front and centre, um, and there's always, especially, um, and we unfortunately won't see it so much this year, but certainly last year, you know, the combination of flags that would appear and 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 different when when a different boat was was in from a different um, you know, country, and that that flag would go up, and 
And um, yes. so there was, yeah, a lot of a lot of that. In fact, I also I, at one point I looked out my window and, and I saw an Australian flag. <laughs> I called Wales. What's the Australian flag? So there was a there was a couple in who'd obviously travelled a, a long way. Um, so that was nice. But I just, yeah, I think that that flag um, I think is is the most interesting thing. Um, yeah, no, that's very good. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, boats buzzing up and down or something like that. But flagpole, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right. Would you rather be stuck on a broken ski lift or a broken elevator? A broken ski lift, absolutely. Um, All right. Out in the fresh air, yeah. I've been I've, well. I've been stuck in an elevator before, like a full elevator. It was, it was jammed with people, and and that wasn't a very good experience. So I didn't enjoy that. So no, a ski lift, absolutely. Yeah, I'm claustrophobic, so the elevator's not going to work for me. And ski lift, I don't like heights, and uh, that's not good. Plus, it's cold. You just freeze to death up there. It's not good. Well, probably, well Elevator's at least warm. You know? Yeah, yeah, but a little bit too claustrophobic for me, I think. Yeah. Uh, would you rather lose your keys or your cell phone? Um, and don't say neither. No, key, keys. Keys, I think. All right. Although, although I mean, in this day and age with the cloud, you know, it's it, it, like if you lose your phone, you don't lose everything. You just get another phone and you just sign in and for you. So. Mm-hmm. All right, we're getting to, to the end be... of the speed to the snap question round. But uh, uh, would you rather be an Olympic gold medalist or a Nobel Peace Prize winner? Gold medalist, you know, I think so. Um, I mean, I... Actually, you know what? I've just I've just changed my answer. I think a, I think a peace peace prize winner. Actually, there's more money in it, or no, no, I, no. I, I think, more notoriety. I, I just, what is well, it? <laughs> no, I just I, I just had a had, had a rethink on that one. No, I mean because obviously people who 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 do whatever it is that they've done to win that, um, you know, is significant. That's a significant um, contribution. You know, like a gold. Not that a gold medal's not, but it's more. That's more. Um, you know, a personal achievement but i think a, a, a Nobel peace prize you obviously the, the award itself is significant on a personal level mm-hmm. but whatever whatever it is that you've done has obviously impacted you know a large array of people than just winning a winning a medal not that again i don't want to cheapen winning an yeah. medal because that's not that's not easy but i think it would be more that i would yeah I would, I would prefer to have made that level of a contribution oh very good yeah that fits uh would you rather hear good news or bad news first <laughs> this is good for me to know i'm gonna listen closely <laughs> you have some bad news usually, mick yeah usually usually i want the bad news yeah usually i want the bad news i, I if if someone like if michaela said scott i've got good and bad news i'd be like right give me the bad news um so i think i think yeah bad news first okay good good uh last of the snap questions uh would you rather have nosy neighbors or noisy neighbors um, nosy, nosy. I don't, I don't like, I don't like noisy neighbors. Okay. I would rather, I would rather they be quiet and look at me through the window than, than be, than be, than be outside and be making. Are they, are they looking interest. through your window or through their window into your window? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that, that would, that would be different if they were up against my window, that would be creepy. Um, but, but, uh, no, no, I mean, yeah. you're not noisy. Perfect. All right. Well, that's it. You did really well. Uh, there's no cash prize for this, but uh, there's a small oh, plastic on. trophy that you can't leave in the window because it will melt. But I'll deliver that <laughs> later on this week. 
Excellent. On a more serious Excellent. note, you've been with us about 15 months, and I know a ton of progress has been made. Uh, I've been at a front row seat to watch it all happen, which is great. And then all of a sudden, COVID happened, which uh, nobody really expected uh, until uh, January, February, as it rolled its way uh, towards us. I know you had lots of plans before that. Uh, has this derailed your plans? Has it postponed them? Has it refocused them? How much of a challenge um, has it been? Oh, I mean, it's, it's obviously been a huge challenge. Um, I mean, I think, I think it's some of them have sort of run into all three of those things. Um, I mean, certainly um, postponed. I wouldn't say you know sort of cancelled, but definitely refocused as well. I mean, it's it's re it's led us to reprioritize, you know, a whole range of things. Um, and, you know, there was, there was a number of projects that, you know, are sort of just about to start having conversations about, and they just got put on the back burner. Yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's just delayed a bit of, a bit of um, strategic focus that, that um, I felt like we were in a position to, to, to start having, you know, some, some deeper conversations about, about where it is that we're going and how we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously this has just sort of pushed everything back a little bit. So I don't think it's canceled anything. Um, I mean, it's, pre- it's provided some, some opportunity as well. Um, but I mean, obviously, you know, it, it just, it really focused, um, you know, uh, the board and, and, and myself and, and everyone just really into the here and now short term. How do we get through this making significant decisions and just mapping out the next, what the next day, what the next week looks started having lots of conversations about hypotheticals or what happens if this happens um many times you know uh, i laugh about it now but you sort of write a whole plan and then you wake up the next day and then you just throw it all out the window because then like the province will come out and 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 say something different again that just moves the goalpost on you again um i guess we're sort of lucky though because it's uh at least uh, throwing the plans out the window, it's been generally because of an easing of restrictions. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. It would be really, really horrible if we were, if they were tightening these restrictions uh, on a weekly basis, we'd be, that would be horrible. But, uh, yeah. And, and I mean, obviously um, the timing of, of how it, how it progressed um, really couldn't have been, I mean, I can't complain. I think it, it, it positioned us well. we were able to be positioned in as good a possible position as we could uh, for when these, these uh, you know, easements came. I mean, there's no doubt that, you know, a different, um, you know, result or, a, you know, a different set of circumstances around the active cases would have put more pressure on our season. Um, if this had to happen when all the boats were already in the water, for example, or, I mean, there's a whole range of different, different scenarios. But I think that um, the way that the pandemic traveled here locally, and I think that, that, that the work that we did in managing through that, yeah. um, you know, I think, I think we're in a, in a good um, possible shape as we could have been certainly from a summer programming perspective, you know, for, for racing and like, like keelboat racing and for, for learn to sail and all of that to just all of a sudden the covers came off and off we went, um, you know, we could, we could still be in a situation where, when like neither of those things could be happening right now. Yes. So, yeah. We're... I think we're, we're quite, quite fortunate. Yeah, we're very lucky. Uh, it's, you know, in, from my seat, uh, certainly being able to watch how uh, the plans unfolded and, uh, and you and your staff uh, reacted to <laughs> the ever-changing and evolving uh, process of uh, watching this pandemic go through the province. And now we're coming out the other side. Uh, it's, uh, it's been great. I know, uh, I know they've, uh, staff's very much rallied around and, 
and got us to where we are now, which is wonderful. So, yeah. uh, I, sorry, guys. No, go ahead. I'm just going to wind this up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I was just going to say that, um, I mean, is. Uh, moving forward, though, I mean, you know, there's a lot of um, you know new new opportunity for the for the club. So you know, there's a lot of very active people involved uh, in that conversation, and I think that you know, um, well, I mean, we're still we've got. I think I was talking with, with Michaela yesterday. She's got six or seven new membership applications yep. uh, in the works. Um, we had, I think, about that number last month. Um, so there's a lot of really good energy happening. Our, our registration numbers are going very very strong for our for our summer programming. Um, there's a lot of interest obviously around killboat racing, um, food and beverage. Um, I think you know, the membership have been fantastic in supporting um, the club in that respect as well. So, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of really, really good things to follow. Yes, no, absolutely. Uh, I think it's, uh, we're well positioned. Uh, uh, I was on the Commodore's meeting last night, general manager's meeting uh, with Salem, Nova Scotia. And, uh, yeah, we're we're in great shape, uh, and some places are not so much, uh, which is really unfortunate. Mm. But uh, uh, it'll all come back together. Uh, yeah, it's it's getting good. But uh, we understand you're camping, and I'm sure you want to get out into the rain and chase the dog. <laughs> I guess your weather forecasting isn't one of your strong suits. Is that correct? <laughs> I don't think it's anyone's strong suit in this part of the world. I mean, I think I think that um, I mean it's a crapshoot basically. Um, but uh, you know. The weather, the, the weather forecasters here certainly earn their, earn their money, that's for sure. But um, no, I think no, we're okay. I think it's going to be all right. <laughs> that's perfect. Well, that's all for me. Uh, Michaela, if you have anything to throw in there. Well, Scott or Kingy, I don't know what I'm going to call you from now on <laughs> <laughs> when I deliver good news, bad news. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've certainly learned a great deal about you today, and it's been really nice to kind of get into this other side of your of your life and your experience and and learn a little bit more about you know the gentleman who sits across the hall from me so it's yeah i've had a great time thanks guys it's been great to be on the on on our my show your show our show <laughs> it's the, it's the show I think. the, the yeah. show that's the better show. um well, no, it's been it, it's been fun thanks very much for having me well you're off the hook for now hi to karen and ethan and uh we'll see you in a few days when you're back all right perfect Thanks, Scott. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Michaela.